Hello, my name is Dallas Izagiri. I'm with my brother Armando Izagiri, and us two, we make two bros in a pod. Uh, this is the first episode. Um, we've made a couple episodes in the past, but um, this is uh, the first one in a while. So we're going to go ahead and call this a fresh, clean slate. Um, episode one, we'll be talking about the trade deadline, um, what happened with the blockbuster trade of the day, Ben Simmons and James Harden being traded to Philly and Brooklyn. And both of our teams, what we did in the trade deadline, the Celtics and the Mavericks, with the Celtics trading uh, Josh Richardson for Derek White, and the Mavericks trading Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davies Bertans. So we're going to talk about that in this episode. Let's get into it. All right, that was a crazy trade deadline. Today is Friday, and we're going to be reviewing the trade deadline. I'm here with my brother, Dallas. What's up? So um, the first thing we need to talk about, and just so that we can be just as in tune as we should be with the league, is talk about the Brooklyn Nets trade. And the reason why we need to talk about that first is because that one probably, out of all the trades, is the only trade that impacts two true contenders, even though Brooklyn hasn't been playing that well in recent weeks. So um, that trade is Brooklyn and Philadelphia. There was a trade for James Harden that centers around James Harden and Ben Simmons. The Nets also got Andre Drummond and the Sixers, or and also, sorry, the Nets also got Seth Curry and the Sixers also got Paul Millsap. So, Dallas, what is your instant reaction to the Nets and Philadelphia trade? Specifically, you know, thinking one about the their contention for this year and maybe even next year and how that affects a team that you root for, which is in the East with the Celtics. So start us off with what your reaction is for this year, for next year, and then how that affects your future as a fan for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, so first off, I'd say winner. The winner for this year, to be honest with you, is um, probably Philly. I just say that um, that duo with James Harden and Embiid um, is going to be very, very hard to stop, especially in pick and roll. I mean, that's going to be almost unstoppable. Um, and just, I think that they play pretty well off each other. Um, I feel like Harden showed last year with the Nets that he could play a little bit off ball more than he did um, with Houston, kind of back to where how he played in um, OKC. I know he came off the bench, but uh, it was definitely – he definitely had um, some really, really good games with uh, the Nets and their big three. But um, that's what I'd say right now, just immediate impact, I think. I think the Philly won. Um, and I think a lot of people have a – false perception about what James Harden is going to bring to your team this year. I think because he had such a weird year. Um, I think really everyone has had a pretty weird year in basketball. All the good basketball players, all the superstars this year have kind of had some rough shooting years um, with um, new rules and fouling, new rules and like how the refs, what they call, um, how they know when they call it. Um, and I think that it really made James Harden adapt. And it was tough for him, you know, because obviously a big part of his game is was free throws last year. Um, 
and they're very intelligent. I mean, he's a very intelligent player. I don't think anyone can deny that. But um, this year just kind of made him show his intelligence even more. And he still had a good year. He's still an all-star. Um, but he definitely was not his best self. I think everyone can agree on that. Um, but um, yeah, so I think immediate impact. Uh, Nets, pro- uh, sorry, Philly probably won this trade. So, yeah. so what do you think this does for the Brooklyn Nets um, this year? Considering uh, Ben Simmons hasn't played all year, I'm sure he's not in game shape right now. So it might take a few weeks for that. Katie's out for another. They they say it could be up to four to six weeks still. Um, they're hopeful that he comes out back earlier. And uh, right now they only have Kyrie playing part-time, right, on the away games, right, not even the home games. So how do you think that impacts the Nets right now? Do you think there's a chance that they could be in the play-in and not even in um, the the playoffs unless they win a play the, the two play-in games? Um, I think it's definitely going to add some immediate relief because obviously, I mean, they are in – like they are falling down the standings fast um, right now. I remember there wasn't a time long ago that they were fighting for the number one seed. And now they're, I think the eighth seed behind uh, the Celtics, um, maybe behind the Hornets, I think actually already. So they might be in ninth seed, but um, yeah, I think obviously he's going to f- uh, provide instant relief. Um, people do forget how good of a player, at least in the regular season, Ben Simmons was um, still a, one of the best defenders in the game, um, which the Nets do need. Um, he's he's obviously a great playmaker. He's not going to shoot much, but uh, I think he'll complement KD and Kyrie, a, a pretty good. Um, it just you know all that mental health stuff. He definitely has to figure out. Um, I don't really have a clue what's happening there. Um, I think it had a lot to do with Philly fans and just their crowd and everything because everybody know how rowdy they can get. But um, especially when you do what he did in the playoffs, just that one play where he passes passes the ball um uncontested right uh under the rim when Trey Young was basically the guy that was going to go up and try to contest so i mean that was that was definitely the, his um just the the downfall of him as a sixer and um i don't know if you saw Joel Embiid's uh tweet but it was it was pretty hilarious but i mean i think it was definitely needed i'm glad Daryl Morey um just uh, let it fly. Just kind of realized what the situation was, and didn't wait because a lot of rumors were that they were just going to wait until the off season and see what they can get there. And I think people were just kind of tired of it. They just wanted because Ben Simmons is a good player. He's he's an all star. Um, so I think a lot of people wanted him to play. And I think for the Nets, he's going to do well. Um, we'll see what happens when he first gets in. I don't know how he's going to do just by himself. I don't know the stats or anything, how he played without Joel Embiid, but um, they don't, even the Nets right now, I mean, they have good players in Cam Thomas. Um, they have good complimentary players, but I don't know how he's going to impact that right away, especially at home when Kyrie still can't play. Um, so that, that'll be interesting uh, how they work themselves in the standings. I think they'll be fine at the end of the season um, when it comes down to it. Um, I think they'll probably end up around I don't think they'll be in the plan I think they'll probably just barely escape the plan maybe because like you were talking about with KD he's probably going to be out for a majority of the regular season still so um yeah I'd say they avoid the plan barely but um that's still a pretty good team uh their bench 
it's not as good as it was last year, even though it wasn't that great last year either. Um, they're miss, still missing key pieces like like Joe Harris and a lot of other guys. So I think once they get healthy, they'll be one of the best teams in the NBA. So if we're talking about like next year, I think that they're probably going to be, I'd say, probably the third best team in, in the East. Um, I think Chicago takes a dip from the standings that they are in right now uh, next year. I think it would probably be like Bucks at the top, Philly, and then – no, I think Nets probably two, and then Philly three. They'll at least be comparable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they're pretty even right now. Um, it's just tough that they they had to ship Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond obviously was going to leave probably this offseason anyway, but Seth Curry is a big hit. Like He – I feel like he really played well under his, what is it, uh, father-in-law, I think, yeah. father-in-law, Doc. Um, he's. I thought he played great. Um, he's one of those shot creators behind uh, Tobias Harris that when Joel could go on the bench, get a break, he'd be one of those guys that um, Philly would rely on to get buckets and play the right way. So they still have Tob- Tobias Harris. They still have Tyrese Maxey. So they're definitely still going to be a pretty good team. But, um, you know, they, they gave up two first-round picks as well. And I don't know the exact numbers for their draft picks, to be honest. But uh, they're definitely going to obviously give away some young talent in the draft because um, it's coming through every single year. I mean, it seems like every year there's another guy that can just be just a budding star, like, right when he gets in the league. So um, they're going to miss that. But – um. That pairing with Joel Embiid and James Harden, as long as Harden is healthy and taking care of himself and not doing anything dumb in Philly, like and trying to talk, uh, shout his way out of the franchise, um, I think they should be a pretty good team as well. And I think, yeah, for for next year, it would be. I think the the Nets would probably be a little better, but like you said, they'd be comparable. They'd be. It was a pretty good team by both. I mean, a pretty good trade by both teams, I feel like, um, just for future and uh, current success. Um, I think both players will have immediate impacts and have a pretty good impact for the future as well. So. Yeah, I think one of the things I'm worried about with the Nets, uh, I think they're going to be really good, maybe not this year, but next year. But one thing that I'm concerned about is, you know, these things don't happen in a vacuum, right? Like this isn't uh, NBA 2K where you make a trade and you have Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and Joe Harris, like, you know I mean, like in Nick Claxton and it just works out perfectly because this is a simulation, right? Like this is real life. And those three as your superstar slash star players are really weird, right? Like Kevin Durant was, you know, started off his career in OKC and everybody viewed him as like the anti-LeBron who wasn't looking for the limelight, who wasn't, who just wanted a ball, right? Yeah. But then he goes to Golden State in a really weird way, right? Like when they just beat him in the playoffs, um, when they were forming already, already their dynasty without him, right? And yet, you know, he takes it on and then he's just contentious with the media for the rest of his career up to now. And Kyrie has always been weird, right? Like, you know, he, I think he legitimately thinks he's as good, if not better than LeBron, which is some of the issues that happen in, um, in Cleveland. 
Uh, and then obviously we, we all saw his falling out and you got you as a fan, you got to experience his weirdness with Boston, right. And how, that his two years there. So, you know, and then Ben Simmons, like you said, like if, if this was Tatum or Luca that did what, or if they're in that same situation as Ben Simmons in the playoffs last year, when he gave up the layup, like those two guys are going for dunks, like not forget layups. Like they're going up to dunk on Trey young. And that's even Luca. Who's not that athletic as Ben Simmons. Right. And it just shows a different mentality as a star. Confidence level. Yeah. And so, like, what is, like, I think for me, I think for the Nets, if they don't win next year, like, they're probably not winning a yeah, championship. I don't, I, yeah. I don't see them developing and building a championship yeah. team. They have to be, like, the microwave success. Yeah. Where Philly, they've been building for years, right, since the process. Mm-hmm. And in their minds, this is the culmination of the process, yeah. right? Uh, even though, like, they've been arguing, Philly fans have been arguing that the process already succeeded. Like, you do everything you've done to get to this point to be able to pair, um, a, you know, an aging superstar, but it's still a superstar in James Harden with arguably, like, you could make an argument that Joel Embiid is the MVP this year and that he's the best player night to night in the NBA this year, right? Like, that, not besides the MVP, even if he doesn't win the MVP. He's arguably the best player night in and night out th- this year. Right? Like he's he's putting up um, Shaq numbers, right? And not only is he putting up those numbers, but he's having that impact, right? Because I mean, Demarcus Cousins offensively and rebounds wise used to put up Shaq numbers too, but he wasn't having that same impact, right? Like the without uh, the Ben Simmons, right? They're still the three seed in the East, which is crazy. And and we we've, we've talked about um, off air how competitor the east has been so anyway uh well we'll i'm sure there'll be more talks about that as the season goes on as we get closer to the playoffs and we see what james harden and b look like together and then maybe even as katie comes back what the nets look like so we'll, we'll continue that conversation later but now dallas let me ask you this right so boston was in a lot of rumors um the you know we this is really the first trade deadline that you got to see of GM slash uh, president, whatever he is, whatever his official Straight title Brad. is, of Brad Stevens, right? Um, what what Bill Simmons calls the the president, Brad Stevens. So, what do you? Um, how did you feel about the, the? There were smaller moves, but they still were moves. How do you feel about those trades in a vacuum, but also looking forward to the rest of this year, right? Because we we'll, we can talk more about the future and future podcast episodes. But what do you feel about the impact it has on this year? And I mean, you guys are in the playoff conversation right now. Like, I think y'all are the six or seven seed right now. So, we are the seven seed okay. So, and y'all, but, only four games. Away yeah. From first seed, which is crazy. Yeah. And, uh, the whole Eastern Conference is pretty uh, jam packed. And so, um, uh, I guess if you guys didn't see it, um, so, so, this fir- so first lineup, yeah, lineup, yeah. line out those trades, so, and then let as you go through them, react to each one. So yeah, so it was the first one, the biggest one was a uh, Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs. The Celtics uh, acquired him for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford and a first round pick. Um it was that protected? top 4 top 4 protector. Okay, okay. So which y'all probably will never be in the top 4 unless yeah. Tatum and, and Brown get hurt. Yeah, I doubt that. So not that big. But I mean with the new actually if you guys ever miss the playoffs because one of them get hurt. Mm-hmm. They're with the new playoff odds. I mean the the lottery odds. There's a there is always that chance that you get yeah. top four actually. So yeah, I say that, but it could happen if all it takes is Tatum to get hurt, right? And yeah. Brown having to run the team the whole time, and they 
just missed the play in, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then um the other one, the smaller one in a way, at least what we got in return. But um it was still a great I think it was a good trade. Um so it was Dennis Schroeder, Bruno Fernando, and I think it was Enos Kanter for Daniel Tice, and that's about it. Um, that's a lot for Tice. Yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, it was definitely more of, for at least from a Celtics perspective. And you guys could have just resigned him a few years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was really just a salary dump kind of day, just. I mean, we're we're still under the tax. Um, we're still very under the roster. Uh, I don't know how you say it. Just mm-hmm. we have ten players right now. So, and what's what's the max? Fourteen, right? Fifteen, 14, I think. Okay. Fifteen. So we have five open roster spots. So we'll probably call to, up. You guys are hoping to either call up people or get some buyouts. Yeah, right? we'll probably call out a couple uh, guys. Probably um, Sam Hauser and Broderick Thomas, and then we'll probably get some other guys from either the buyout market or some free agent that we like. But um. Uh, or a ten day ten day uh, contract, like you know, earlier in the season, how everyone was doing that when COVID was um, kind of getting everyone. So, but um, at least from an instant reaction from a Celtics fan, uh, well, at first when I saw the tweet, I was like, Josh Richard, because at first it was only Josh Richardson and Derek White, and I was like, oh my gosh, we fleeced the Spurs. But um, details came out after, and it was just, uh, it was Romeo and a first. Um, obviously that first is, it's not going to look like it's going to, uh, make that big of a difference. At least I think. And you guys haven't been Hopefully. drafting that well in the later. Yeah. Rounds, I mean, Aaron Neesmith, we could have gotten, um, well, there's a decent amount of players that we could have got this year. Um, I forgot who it was, but good, very good rookies and we got Neesmith. So, I mean, he's a great player. You can player. always trade up like a few second round picks and try to get into the late first round. Later. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're going to look, be looking for. Um, and some even buy first round picks. Like, yeah, they trade like five hundred thousand for a first round. Yeah, pick. so I mean, so yeah, just for the for the trade, um, I liked it. Uh, it got a little more even once all the details came out. Um, but I think as a Celtics fan, it, it was a good trade. I think for both teams. Um, I know it's pretty hard. I saw a lot of Spurs fans just like. They're really surprised because they didn't expect Eric White to be traded, especially after he he. This is literally his first year on his contract. Um, it was four years, seventy million. So, um, we're taking on some money there, but we got rid of Josh Richardson. I think he was making about like five, ten million. Um, Romeo, I don't know his contract numbers, but it wasn't obviously that big. And um, but uh, we're taking a guy that um can defend. His shooting numbers have aren't great for his career, but he's an average shooter. At least. He's an average shooter. Um, Comparable to Josh Richardson. Yeah, um, yeah. I was about to say like Josh Richardson doesn't shoot much better. Um, at least consistently, like he had that one really good year with the Heat, but yeah, not consistently. So yeah, his best year. I mean, even his best year when he was averaging like 20, 26 minutes a game, he was averaging about forty eight percent. Uh, the next year, he averaged 46, and then last year it was kind of a down year for him. Um, but he only played 36 games, so he got hurt. I guess I didn't, I don't know how he did that, but he played basically half the season in that yeah. 72 game season. So I'm not too worried about his shooting percentages, and I think everyone, like I said, has pretty bad shooting percentages here, um, or has had stretches of that. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're getting a guy that I mean, 
averaged six, basically six assists this year, um, 15. And obviously he's a great defender, averages a steal and a block a game. So for at least just the extent, for me, it still feels like an exchange between Josh Richardson and Derek White. Um, I love Josh Richardson. I mean, his energy was just so, so good for this team. Like every big play, every, when we were in that, those losing streak times or we blew a big lead to a team that we shouldn't be blowing big leads to um, back when that was a narrative for the Celtics where they couldn't uh, hold big leads. Um, he was the guy that, you know, kept his head up. Um, the energy off the bench was great. Him and Dennis, which I'll talk about. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, which I talk about later, his trade. But um, he was really just a great, um, just a great energy and just a great voice for for the young guys, for Tatum and Brown. And um, paired up with Schroeder and Horford, they were, you know, they were really that veteran presence that we didn't really have last year and that we really should have had, could have had um, last year. And I think, honestly, our year could have looked a lot like this year, last year, if we had those guys. And it really just shows you the importance of veterans. But um, that's why I'm glad that we didn't trade Al. I think Al's like a very important piece for us, at least in the bench-wise. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you see his stats. Actually, I mean, it's probably his worst, not shooting-wise, um, he got more minutes, uh, with the Mavericks and Sixers and the Heat, but I mean, his, this year he played the least amount of minutes other than his rookie year. So it was, I wouldn't say it was a sign because he was coming off the bench. Um, but I think he was definitely one of those guys that we, we could have traded. He was definitely one of those guys that his value was go- coming up. Uh, he's had a couple of good games recently for us. And, um, I mean, for Derek White, I mean, like I said, I love Josh Richardson, but, I mean, I I take that in a heartbeat, especially if I was Brad. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you, I mean, the last three games he was he shot pretty bad. But that Hornets game, we wouldn't have won that Hornets game without um, – on February 2nd, we wouldn't have won that Hornets game without him. Eight for 12 shooting, six for eight three-pointers. So Spurs will definitely be happy with him. I think Pop and Jay Rich, I mean, that should be interesting, but – I mean, it's not like Richardson is like a, uh, I guess, like a hothead or kind of like a guy that will ruin your team. Like, like I don't know, like Kyrie Wise, like he didn't ru- like ruin teams, but he definitely affected them negatively. So um, I think it was a good trade for both teams. Um, they got Romeo Lankford as well. Um, a decent – he's a solid player. I he's think if he, yeah, he's definitely a project, but he's, I think I – mean, he- there's always a, like he was a a very highly touted um, high school player, right? And that's kind of what you look for, like in those. He's only 22, right? So we're looking it up right now. He's 22. So like, it's hard because you look at him being 22 and you think, well, Luca's 22, right? But you can't compare people to Luca and Tatum. Like you know, what I mean, like most guys aren't those guys. You know, most players don't become those guys at 22. It's usually like 25. 26 27 28 um and it's interesting that you're saying that because as a Mavs fan i have a lot of experience rooting against Derek white and then having josh richardson for one year even though it's not a lot of experience it's one year but you know me and you would talk a lot about richardson and you were like man i love richardson i can't believe you guys traded him like you know and, uh, or got rid of him last year and um but for me it I, now that i'm thinking about the context right is when we traded for him 
in at the beginning of last year, he was a starter. He was a starter on Philly, right? And the years before that, he was in the playoffs starting one year. This is their starting lineup. Jimmy Butler, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Al Horford, right? A, a, a freaking 2K team, right? And a year later, they don't have Jimmy Butler, so that becomes Seth Curry. Or not Seth Curry. That He got traded for Seth Curry. But it becomes um, – what was the, what's the backup point guard's name for Philly? Uh, Maxi. No, the one, the one that not Maxi, the the one that they wanted to start last year over Ben Simmons or next to Ben Simmons and let him be the true point guard. I can't remember his name, but no, it's another guy. I can't remember his name, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, but when they traded, when they traded for him, he was expecting to be like maybe not the star next to Luca, but an integral starter next to Luca, right? And the problem is, is he's not that great unless he has the ball in his hand, which is why he's a great bench player, right? But when he was with the Mavericks, when we put him on the bench, I think he didn't play as well as he could have because he wasn't embracing his role, right? Um, And that's hard for a lot of guys. You're a starter. You're basically the best player on the Heat. Get traded from the Heat to Philly. You make it you know, deep in the playoffs, lose to a heartbreaker to um, the Raptors, which went on to win the finals that year, right? And then the next year you're fighting and you're playing decent, right, like as a team. And it's just you're you're always falling short and you're expecting to have that same impact on the teams because you've done that for your career up to that point, right? Mm-hmm. And now he kind of embraced his role on Boston and he was playing well for you guys. So if it, I kind of wish we would have seen him with one Jason Kidd, because as much as I'm not a huge fan of Jason Kidd, we're in every game because of him being a good defensive coach, right? And Richardson, if anything, right, when his shots not falling, he's still a good defender. Um, that was so, one of the guys because that, that's even our that's even our identity this year. I mean, that's what Yume Udoka like preaches. Yeah. Like he's like, he's I don't care. Guy, right? Yeah, exactly. So he's like. I don't care what's happening on offense. We have to play the right way, but shots are just not going to fall. It's just a fact. But if we play defense, you're going to you're gonna stay in the game no matter what. And I think that Josh Richardson was one of those guys where we were kind of in a shooting lull. He was probably a pro- part of that because he didn't shoot well this year. Um, well, he actually shot decently, but he had some games where he was kind of iffy. But he was one of those guys that can lock down with him and Smart and Tatum and Brown and either Rob or Rob Williams or Grant Williams – Al Horford, like, I mean, that is a disgusting defensive lineup. Like, that is suffocating, and that's what really kept us in games because I don't think we've really been blown out that much, and I think, you know, with Jason Kidd, that could have been obviously better because Jason Kidd is more experienced as a coach, Um, and obviously he has that defensive-mindedness that Josh Josh Richardson has, and I think that's why he's still pretty valuable as a player. I mean, giving up Derek White is, I mean, he's... A very good player. I mean, I, I think it was about two, three years ago, uh, that first round series with the Nuggets, um, the Spurs and Nuggets. I mean, that was a, that was a great series. And Derek White was really. I, I think a lot of people thought that the Nuggets were gonna blow out the Spurs. I mean, I think the Spurs, I they're they're pretty down there in the uh, standings. And um, they, Derek. I mean, they leaned on Derek White. They he played great. I mean, he had that one dunk that was like I forgot who it was on, but. 
I mean, it was like, okay, this kid is legit because yeah. we didn't really know about him. He, I don't know what uh, college he came from, but he was a he wasn't a highly, you know, he came from the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. So like, yeah, twenty ninth pick in the draft, Division two. So like, he was not a, you know, he played for Colorado at the end of this, at the end of his uh, final season in college. So, but you know, it took him a while. Nobody really, I mean knew about him when he came in the league but he was a great player um but yeah it shows the value of josh richardson and um, i mean it's he's definitely going to be missed i mean i mean that i i love josh richardson like i would see every time on uh tatum snapchat he would put on like li- uh post game lifting and there would be every single post after every game after every win usually they just be lifting and they're having a great time and like he was one of those guys and he was like such a good energy guy in the locker room and stuff I mean, you see him on social media in the locker room, playing around with the young guys, just having fun. And, like, you know, it's definitely going to be missed. I mean, I love J- Josh Richardson. I mean, just his energy. I loved it. I so. think, though, I think you're going to like Derek White a lot. Yeah. Uh, I was never – I mean, as a Mavs guy, we play the Spurs a lot, right? Um, but I, I was never afraid of him. Like, I never was like, oh, we got to watch out for Derek White. This Tonight we're playing them. But I feel like he always made the right play, right? He always made a shot in a big moment. He always made a, a really good play. But um, I think with the – think about that team, right? They have no stars on that team. Like it's all centered around their guards, right? Murray, um, White, uh, Lonnie Walker, right? The guy from Miami. Um, and besides that, though, like the, the focus is always stopping those guards. Yeah. So with the pressure off of him with Jalen Brown and Tatum on the court with him, right. he's probably going to make really efficient and yeah. good plays, you know? Yeah. Um, he's going to get a lot more open shots too, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And so, even and even he's the kind of guy that won't always take the three when somebody's closing out on him, but will blow by them and shoot a layup or get an easy um, assist after that, right? So. All right, so we're going to take a short break. Um, after the break, we're going to talk about the Mavericks trade next. Uh, we'll get uh, Armando's take on it um, as a Mavericks fan, my take on it, just a regular casual NBA fan um, that isn't a Mavericks fan, but obviously has some takes on it as well, the impacts of it. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into that after the short break. Uh, so now let's jump to the Mavericks and their um, splash trade. And we'll only spend a few minutes because it's already been a, a pretty long episode. Uh, but the Mavericks traded Kristaps Porzingis in a second-round pick for um, Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans of the Wizards, right? So for me, as a Mavs fan, um, I'm glad. Uh, you, Dallas called me yesterday, and uh, I, was on, I was on the way home from work, and he said, hey, um, did you hear about the trade? And he, he's like, you're going to be upset. And uh, I was actually pretty pleased when I heard what it was. Not because I think it's an even swap. Porzingis is, I think, the obviously best player in this trade, right? But, one, his value is down, which shows why we had to send a second-round pick for this trade, right? If he was that valuable around the league, we would just do the swap straight up. In fact, Washington probably would have given us a second-round pick, right? If if Porzingis really had, quote-unquote, star value. But... I like this because one, with Jalen Brunson, um, 
you know, he's a really good starting point guard, but we need a secondary playmaker that can either play alongside Luca or alongside Brunson to give those guys breaks, right? And sometimes even run the offense when both of them are off the court. And um, he's a big guy. He's like six six five, uh, so he can play defense. Um, he's a good playmaker. He's an average shooter, so he's not as good of a shooter as Porzingis, but. But Porzingis isn't even that good of a shooter. Like, he's all reputation as a shooter. He's not that good of a shooter. And I say that from experience. And and, and uh, Bertans is not shooting well um, this year. And he hasn't since he signed his big deal. But both of them are going to have open shots, right? They're going to have open shots with Brunson or with Luka. So I'm pretty happy. More than anything, one of the things I'm happiest about is the fact that I think it's going to give us the uh, ability to do um, to play better defense, to get Luka to, and Brunson to get guys open shots. But it also shakes up the, the core, right? Um, with having so much money committed to Porzingis, our core is Hardaway, Luka, and Porzingis, right? And the only one that was tradable right now that had value, that because we're not trading Luka, right? Hardaway's hurt, so we yeah. like we could trade him. We, we we could have traded him like they traded Ingles, who's hurt, right? But it would have been a depreciated asset, right? Um, next year we can trade him uh, next trade deadline if he has a good beginning of the year, uh, which hopefully he does, right? Um, or maybe he's just playing well enough that we don't want to trade him. That's that's the win. That's the best scenario, right? Um, but regardless, it 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 shakes up shakes us up enough that we can do something now, right? Either one, we could trade Bertans later, right? Um, two, we could trade Dinwiddie later. Like there's a we have more options now um, than we did at the at the end of the day. I don't think it makes us a contender this year. Um, you know, unless Luca just goes like becomes Superman again in the playoffs, and we have the right matchup and make a run to the Western Finals, I, I, I there's in no scenario in my mind do we make the finals up this year, right? Uh, unless Luca becomes uh, LeBron and lucky lucky draw, and and he becomes LeBron in two thousand and what then, like, what was it two thousand and five when he made it against the Spurs, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you get lucky and Suns and Warriors pair up somehow. Yeah, I, if we play the Suns, we can't beat the Suns yeah. uh, straight up, um, unless they have an injury or something. But anyway, Lucas right now, after his COVID uh, issue and coming off his ankle injury, he's been playing legitimately like he like he does in the playoffs, which is crazy. Like, like his shot is falling. He's attacking. He's playmaking. Uh, last night he scored 51 points. He scored 28 in the first quarter, and after he scored that 28th point, you could tell he was like, "I'm just gonna keep shooting threes and get guys open shots, right?" And um, and and so that's the thing though. Right now with our team, until we get a secondary star next to Luca, if the shots aren't falling from Finney Smith, from Brunson, from Cleva. Like we're we're probably either in a super tight game, or we're losing that game by a lot, because Luca is getting these guys open shots, and if they don't hit them, like it doesn't matter, right? So that that's kind of what I think about the trade. Uh, what were your initial uh, thoughts about it? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I called you with a, you know, I mean, when I was like, all right, you ready for this? 
And, I, and you were like, yeah, it's a bad trade. And I'm like, yeah, it's a bad trade. Um, personnel wise, I think that's where it comes from. I mean, you look at it just from its face value. I mean, it's it's not a great swap. I mean, you get a guy that's that's shooting 37%. He shot, well, he didn't play much last year, but definitely had as a down year. He's not even particularly a great shooter his career. Even with the Nets, he didn't shoot 45% um, from the field. Not a great three-point shooter. He's an, he's an average three-point shooter, but not not crazy. Um, but, I mean, he's still a great player. And then you got Bertans. Um, I mean, I'd even, I mean thir- 15 points in 30 minutes two years ago, that's that's pretty good for a role player. Um, 42%, but then, like you said, after his contract year, I think it was that year, actually, um, his shooting numbers just kept going down. This year, it's just he's getting less or less minutes. He averaged 15 minutes a game. And uh, I think he was injured a little bit as well. Um, but, and then you got, sorry, and then you got Porzingis. For Dinwiddie Bertans, you said second-round pick? We traded a second-round pick. You, oh, okay, you traded a second-round yeah. pick. Which is why I think he didn't have yeah. that much value, yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. we had to trade a second-round pick for him. Yeah. I, like, like I said, like if this, this was a year ago, or right after the playoff series where in the bubble when he played great but he got hurt, mm-hmm. you would have expected – if I, if I told you in two years we're going to make this trade, you would expect we get a, a draft pick, maybe even a first round, how well he played in that playoff series. And we had we had the Clippers down 2-1 in the bubble, right? Yeah. So, and then you got, yeah, so you got Chris Dobbs. I think, I mean, statistically, it was probably his worst season as a Maverick. But I think, honestly, I mean, I don't know about you, but I when I watched the Mavericks and I saw Chris Dobbs play, I thought he played okay. Now the fit... And getting wins with him playing, that's a different story. But personally, I thought he was. Yeah, it's just so tough, right? Because, like, he's been with the Mavericks. This would have been his third year, right? And the last three years, we've been the same team. Like, the only thing we've exchanged has been, like, smaller pieces like Seth Curry um, for Richardson, right? And Richardson for – or, no, actually, first it was – we got Delon Wright and we had Seth Curry. Then we then we got rid of Delon Wright and we f- f- like made uh, Curry a focal point. And then we had traded Curry for Richardson, right? And like we were trading those smaller pieces, but Porzingis and and Luca were and the other core like Kleba, Vinny Smith, Brunson, Hardaway. They've all been the same guys, and it was becoming stale. Like. I saw them at their peak, and at their peak, they're not that great, right? Like, at their peak, they're still losing to the Clippers. And at their peak, Porzingis isn't reliable because either, one, he's reliant on having hitting threes, right? He, like, it, it's fine if you're a good three-point shooter, which he's not. He's average. But, two, he can do nothing else. At this point in his career with his leg injuries that he had, he's not a good runner to after um, pick and roll. Right, he's not a good finisher. He's not a good. Po- he's never been a good post player, right? And his defense comes and goes. And this year, his the only reason why he, I think he played well this year is because Kid made him play defense, right? And I don't think it's a a surprise that Kid's first year that we trade Porzingis because it was Kid. I think Kid gave the green light of we can win without him, right? We've won the last five games without him. He's been out, right? Because he's hurt again and even though he's having a good statistical year 
Like he's not the reason we were winning, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. So, any other thoughts before we close? Uh, no, just a great, great trade deadline. Um, it was one of the busiest ones in a while. Absolutely, at least the last day, right? There's always trades that kind of lead up the week before. Yeah, but like me and you were together during that time and you just kept telling me trade after trade that was happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like, yeah. And, and pretty significant ones, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the NBA definitely, the landscape has changed a little bit. The good thing is, I mean, it's like, it's with all the trades. I mean, they're with contenders. Like you said, I mean, this is one of the ones where like top I mean, seeded Celtics teams. Playoffs, yeah. Sixers are in the playoffs right now. Nets are in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Mavericks are in the playoffs right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, playoff teams are trading, and you don't usually see that as yeah. much. I mean, you see that with the fringe teams like the Celtics. Do you think um, it's because there's no clear cut favorite right now? I think like, everyone thinks they have a chance. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I think we're. I think most NBA guys are underselling how well the Suns are. Like, I think the Suns oh, should be yeah. the favorite this year. Yeah. Like right now, like if if there was a you know percent chance of winning, I think they have like. A sixty to seventy percent chance. Of yeah, they just finals. came off a great win against the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, we obliterated them. They're so good, and that's with Aiton in and out of the lineup because of his injury. Yeah, and I think they're the clear favorite right now. But that they're not beat. They're not unbeatable, right? Yeah. Like they're not like no, but, yeah. um, the Warriors of three years ago, right? Like they're they're still beatable with the right matchup, right? Um, on the wrong the wrong, you know wrong night you know so um anyway i think yeah so yeah we'll, we'll definitely be updating more what we think about our f- the future for the playoffs uh, but for now thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to y'all later all right guys thank you so much for listening in uh, i appreciate whatever you're doing um that you could stop by and listen to our conversations about the trade deadline today and um i thank you once again uh i have one plug however uh that is two bros in a pod.com same way that you spell it on anchor um check it out it has all our podcasts all our all my articles that i write um still new still a project so not much up right now but just check it out uh share it with your friends and um can't wait to see you guys in the next one see ya